name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I always wanted to be a real estate agent, except I didn't want to work nights and weekends. I just like houses. I like going in and looking at houses, always have. So a, f a couple of friends of mine are real estate agents, and I like sales, and uh, a friend of mine is a really good one, and one day she said, oh, Julie, I've got this incredible Victorian house I'm trying to sell. You'd love to see it. Why don't you come and spend the open house time with me? So I said, okay. So I drove out to this beautiful old Victorian house, and we went around and turned on all the lights like they do and arranged things and waited for the people to show up. It was two to four on a Sunday afternoon. And people started coming. And couples would come in, and I'd kind of follow them around because she wanted me to kind of follow them around to hear the feedback on the house. And they were looking around going, oh, wow, look at that crack in that plaster. And there's a water stain over here. And oh, man, this floor is warped. And just a litany of complaints about the house. Of course, the house was built at the turn of the century, so it was, should have had issues, and it did. But People would come in and they just start going down one thing after another, no closet space, just one complaint after another. So this was happening with every couple. And I'd come back and I'd report to my friend, she's like, oh, you know, I'm sitting here wasting my time on a Sunday afternoon. Well, finally, this couple kind of comes in, it's 10 of 4, and they walk in and the woman says, oh, I love this place. Look at that woodwork. Can you, can you imagine if we sanded that down and we stained it? And, and the guy's kind of walking behind her. He's like, oh, I see the crack in the plaster, but I'm sure I could probably fix that and make that good. And maybe if we tore up a few of these floorboards and straighten it out, we could, you know. And, and they came in and they had a whole nother vision of what this house could be. They saw beyond the complaints that people had. had we're talking about, they saw beyond it, and they saw the possibilities of what this stately house could become, given some love and care. And they weren't just thinking about doing it all themselves. I, I heard the guy say, oh, I, I have a great friend, he's a plumber, I'm sure we could fix the leak in that pipe on that wall. And they were all excited about it. So here's the exact same space, the exact same house, and people who had totally different visions about what they were seeing. We heard that in the first reading today that Janine read about, about God. And what was going on in that reading is that Saul was king of Israel and had turned away from God, and God had appointed Samuel to go anoint a new king. And so Samuel was a little nervous about that. He said, what if Saul founds out? He's going to come, he's going to find me, he's going to kill me. And, and Samuel kind of liked Saul, and he was uh, very nervous about this whole idea. But God said, it's okay, go ahead, pretend you're going to make the sacrifice. I will show you who the new king is going to be. So Samuel obeys God, and he goes to Jesse, and Jesse has all these sons. And the first son gets paraded in front of Samuel, and Samuel thinks, this has got to be the guy. I mean, he's big, he's powerful, he's strong, he's the oldest son. Of course he would be anointed king. 
And God says to Samuel, no, no, that's not it. They go through six more sons. God keeps saying, no, no, that's not it. And we hear in that reading that God sees differently than mortals. God looks at things differently than we do. It says in the reading that God does not just look at outward appearances. God looks at the heart. So the sons keep going by Samuel, and finally Samuel knows, because God says it's going to be one of Jesse's sons, but he thinks he's kind of out of sons. So he looks at Jesse and says, do you have any more sons? And he, yeah, yeah, you know, the youngest, he's out in the field. You know, the youngest, the least, the least important child, the one out keeping the sheep, drew the short end of the stick. So they bring him in, and who is it? It's David who we know is going to be King David. So they bring him in, and God looks at David's heart and says to Samuel, anoint that one as king. He's got the heart. And so what we learn from this reading is that we need to see with the heart, that we need to look beyond outward appearances that we need to be like the couple who can come in and see the possibility instead of seeing the negative pieces, instead of allowing ourselves to be overwhelmed by all the things that are wrong, that when we look with the heart, instead we see the possibilities. And we're not overwhelmed because then we're working with God and God gives us the power working in us that can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. We have a wonderful example of that here at St. Peter's. We host Prelid, which is an organization that helps train people who care for people who have had traumatic brain injuries. And it was started in 1994 by a mother whose son had a traumatic brain injury. Now, what could be more powerful than a mother's love for her child? And her son had had this brain injury, and she wanted him to be able to live as independently as possible, to have the best life he could have under the circumstances. But she couldn't get any help from anybody, and there were no no agencies to go to, no institutions that could guide her. But she loved her son. She had an open heart. She didn't let all of this overwhelm her. She decided to do something. So she created this organization called Prelid, which stands for People Rebuilding and Living in Dignity. That's what she called her agency. And she created a living situation, an individual residential alternative living situation. And she found three other young men with traumatic brain injuries, and she brought them together. Together, the four families brought a house, and they trained people who could then live with their children and help them live independently as best as they possibly could. Now, this woman had no experience in doing this. She had never set up a house like this. She knew nothing about traumatic brain injury, but she had an open heart full of love for her son. And when we have open hearts and they're full of love, then God decides to work through all of that, and things begin to happen.
So she created this home, and it works so well that the state agency says, you know, we would like to create more of those homes, and can you help us? And we would like to help people who would like to live at, in their homes and, and maybe have people come in and, and give them some help. So Prelid was created, this nonprofit agency, and they began to train people, and they began to duplicate the model that, that she had done. And every time something was needed, instead of feeling overwhelmed or looking at the negative part or thinking, oh, I don't, can't do this, I don't know where to go, I don't know who to ask, I don't know what resources are out there, they would appear. The mustard seed had been planted in this woman and her desire through the love for her son to do something. And all of a sudden it was growing and it was becoming larger, and it was encompassing more people, and it was sheltering them and, and showering love on other people. And pretty soon, the need for trained people to work at Prelate got to be so large, they couldn't train them down on Brighton Henrietta Town Line Road, and they didn't know what to do. So they started calling churches in the area, and all the churches like, what? You want to do what? You want to have training at our church? We're not a training facility, we're a church. Well, then they called me. I said, you want to do what? <laughs> you want to have training? Sure, come on, look at the space. So they come down to St. Peter's. They, they come in, they're like, wow, beautiful manicured lawns, bushes are trimmed, parish hall is beautiful, it's been painted, it's lovely. What a wonderful atmosphere. And they walk in the parish hall, and I say, well, that's not a parish hall, that's a training center. <laughs> they look at our tables and our chairs, and they say, wow, this would really work for us. You really, it's okay? I said, well, yeah, I see that this is more than a place to have coffee hour on Sunday, that this is a place where, where our hearts are open, to be part of that mushroom bush that is growing and sheltering and loving and creating a space for all people. So they started in the fall and they come the first week of the month, Monday through Friday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the second week, and we've been having that happen here. And this past month, they had 20 people they were training. And they all come in in the morning and people come by from the church and they go, parking lot was full on Tuesday. What's going on there? <laughs> said, it's prelude. <laughs> it's like, then they go by, it was full again on Thursday. What are you doing there? I said, well, it's prelude. So these 20 people come in to get trained to help people with traumatic brain injury. These are people that need a job. They now have a job. They are typically young 20-somethings, that, that are benefiting greatly for the kind of training because they're learning first aid, they're learning CPR, they're learning how to cook. They have to help the people with the traumatic brain injury cook. A lot of these young people, if you say saute an onion, they don't know what saute means. I would probably guarantee that half of my kids probably don't know what saute means. <laughs> so what's happening is that the people coming in for training are being benefited. They're learning basic life skills. They have a job, and it's a meaningful job. And the people with the traumatic brain injuries are benefiting, the people who come in for training are benefiting, because this parish 
This vestry can look at the parish hall and see a training center. Whereas they were turned down all up and down 15A till they got to St. Peter's. Open hearts give us space for God to come in and plant the seed. The seed has been planted. And then we see differently. We don't just see a church that's here for an hour gathering on Sunday. We see a training place. We see a place to bring guiding eye dogs. We see a place for brownies to play and to learn. We see a place for AA to gather, to talk and to grow and to, to, to benefit. We see FA coming. We see transformation happening to people. A church is a place for transformation. The people who come for prelude training are being transformed. The people they care for are being transformed. The seed of an open heart sprouts into this incredible bush that covers and shelters and sends love out to all people. So today the readings call us to see with our heart, to think with our heart, to take here and combine it with here and to see the way God sees so that we too can be anointed and have the power that comes from the Spirit to see differently and to do differently and to be part of the mushroom tree. Amen.